Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the Root and Roots show on blogtalkradio.com. Now here's your host, Greg Rashid, bringing you the best in music, information, and history. Young with a laid back song, the aim is to succeed and achieve at 21, just like Ringling Brothers. Our days in a sound, captivate us because the pros is profound. Do it for the strong, we do it for the meek. Boom it in your boom it in your boom it in your Jeep, or your Honda, or your Beamer, or your Legend, or your Benz. The rave of the town to your foes and your friends. So push it along, trails we blaze. Don't deserve the gong, don't deserve the praise. The tranquility will make you unball your fist for we put hip hop on a brand new a brand new twist with my whole heat on my stick So low-key that you probably missed it But yet it's so loud that it stands the crowd When the guy takes the beat, they bowed So raise up, squire, adjust your attire We have no time to wallow in the mire If you're on a foreign path, then let me do the lead Join in the essence of the cool I breed To cool out to the music cause it makes you feel serene With the birds and the bees and all the groovy things Like getting stomach aches when you gotta go to work Or staring into space when you're feeling berserk I don't really mind if it's over your head Cause the job of resurrectors is to wake up the dead So pay attention, it's not hard to decipher And after the horns you can check out the viper Sideways, but competition them must come straight. Wait, competition them try to come sideways, but competition them must come straight. Wait, how's about that? It seems like it's my turn again. All through the years, my mic has been my best friend. I know some brothers wonder, can Piper really kick it? Some even wanna diss me, but why sweat it? I'm all into my music cause that's how I make tapes. Try to make hits like it could be makes tapes. Me sweat another, I do my own thing. Strictly hardcore track, not a new jack swing. I grew up as a Christian, so did I, I give thanks, collect my bank, listen to Shabarang, I sing and chat, I do all of that, it's 1991 and I refuse to come back, I take off my hat to other crews that tend to rock, but the low end theory's here, it's time to wreck shop, I got chip and shot, so whom shall I fear, stop looking, listen, but please don't stare, suggest to the store, and buy the LP, or drive RCA, cassette to CD, produce and arrange cars with four man crew, and okay. Skeff Anselm, he gets props too. Uh-huh. Make sure you have a system with some fat house speakers so yeah. the new can rock uh. from Boston Master Pequa. Uh. Cause where I come from, quality is job one. And everybody up on it, you know we get, get the, the job, job done. done. So peace to that crew, yeah. and peace to this crew. Bring yeah. on the tour, we'll see you at a theater nearest you. Hey yo, but wait, back it up. Huh? Easy, back it up. Please let the abstract embellish on the cut. Back and forth just like a cameo song. If you dig this joint, then please come dance along to the music. Cause it's done just for the mind. Now I gotta scat and get mine. Underline the jazz. The what? The jazz move that for the job originates. That feeling of the jazz is the universal sound. Bless the buffers on the ground. And the one six below, you didn't have to go. So say that I'm a sister cause I was hat at orgy. And sometimes for breakfast I eat grits and porgies. If this is the center, they call me a sink, I ask. 
but check it out. All my people's in Queens, you don't stop. Now all my people's in Brooklyn, you don't stop. And all my people's uptown, you don't stop. That includes the Bronx and Harlem, you don't stop. Now to that girl Rommel, you don't stop. I said because ladies push, you don't stop. And to the JBs, you don't stop. And they lost soul, you don't stop. And to my brand new Benz, you don't stop. And to my leaders of the new, you don't stop. And to my man lost professor, you don't stop. The beat, you don't stop. Everybody in the place, you don't stop. You keep it on to the rhythm, you don't stop. And last not least, on the short shot, this is Zulu Nation. All right, that was a little bit of Tribe Call Quest, and I did that in tribute to a Fife Dog who we lost last week. Uh, if you're listening live. Uh, Complications of diabetes at the age of 45, and so many, it's just amazing, so many hip-hoppers who are dying so young, and I'll get into that later on, but if you're new to the program, we haven't been on live in quite a while, this is Greg Rashid, the host of the Root & Root Show. We come on usually Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and Saturdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and also on Saturdays and Wednesdays on a delayed basis on KUHS Radio out in Denver, Colorado, created by the great Henry Archuleta. I'm so happy to be on there. I'm just so happy to just be doing a live show again. And you can call in here at 424-675-8315, 424-675-8315. And I am honored tonight because, first of all, I got a lot. You know, when I posted this particular gentleman I'm about to have on in the book that he wrote, I got so many responses from folks online who said they were going to tune in and they were really interested in learning more about the subject matter we're going to be talking about. And what, I'm going to, what are we going to be talking about is um, the great Larry Doby, Cleveland Indians and other ball, uh, ball teams that he played for back in the 50s, early 60s. And Larry Doby was the second African-American to appear in Major League Baseball in the 20th century. And, you know, I I didn't know this was going to happen when I was going to have this gentleman on, but because I had um, decided to have him on months ago, not knowing that the Jackie Robinson documentary that's being produced by Ken Burns will be on, I believe, in next week. So if you're listening to this live, today is April 8th, and next week they will have the documentary on about Jackie Robinson. But what, who has forgotten is the second African-American major leaguer to appear in Major League Baseball in the 20th century, and he appeared in 1947. And I'm talking about, again, Larry Doby, and I'm happy to have on the program the author of the book Greatness in the Shadows, Larry Doby and the Integration of the American League. And I got on the line, Douglas M. Branson. Are you there, Douglas? I'm here. All right. I'm just happy well, to have I'm you on. Well, I'm in Pittsburgh, but I'm here on the line. Uh, all right, and you can call in here again at 424-675-8315, 424-675-8315. And I want to say to my listeners in advance that Douglas did not write really a biography because there's a, there's a biography out there about Larry Doby that he mentions in the book that's a very good biography. This is more or less an appreciation of a forgotten figure in, his, in, in history, not only in baseball history, but history in general. And I'm just happy that you wrote this book. And what, you know, talk to my listeners about why you did this, because I was just interested to know when I was reading the intro and the first couple of chapters why you decided to do this. 
Well, when I was a little kid, I grew up on a farm in northern Ohio, and I was a Cleveland Indians fan. I was a Larry Doby fan, and he was uh, an all-star center fielder for the Cleveland Indians. But that's all I knew. And then uh, two years ago, my wife and I went out to the show, and we went to see the Jackie Robinson movie, 42. And we like to stay at the end of the movie and watch the ending credits till the very end and kind of talk about the movie. And way at the end, in little teeny type, they said, and Larry Doby integrated the American League 11 weeks later. Well, I never knew that Larry Doby was a racial pioneer. And so I went home, and I got right on the computer, and I looked up on Amazon, and there are 55 biographies of Jackie Robinson, and there are over 100 books written about Jackie Robinson first breaking the color barrier in the major leagues. And then I looked at Larry Doby. There's just this one single paperback in the mid-'80s, and so the question naturally arose, why has my childhood hero been so obscure? Why is why is most of history forgotten him? And it's really funny that, you know, even though he was your hero at the time, that even you didn't know that he was the second African-American to integrate baseball, in particular the American League. And that, that, that struck me as just like really like that, that's, that tells you how much knowledge was out there about Larry Doby. That that should have been a given. And that you, know, let you grew up knowing about him, but not knowing that fact. That, that's really something. Yeah, well, he's kind of um, forgotten, and he's in that uh, middle period between Robinson and then uh, the other great African-American players, Willie Mays and uh, Ernie Banks and uh, a, a number of others that came along a bit later. But uh, in particular, you know, Hen- uh, Henry Aaron, because today, if you're listening live, April 8th is the day that he broke Babe Ruth's record by hitting 715 against Al Downing, 1974 today. So, you know, he was one of the key ones. But talk about uh, the fact that why you think, based on the book, that Dobie was has been forgotten. I mean, this is a Hall of Fame ball player for one. You know, a very solid ball player, looking at the statistics, I never saw him play, but the thing that jumps out at, you know, jumped out even before I read the book and then reading the book is the fact that Larry Doby played in Cleveland versus playing in Brooklyn, New York, or New York City. And just talk a little more about why, you know, other reasons why, you know, Larry has been forgotten. Well, uh, New York was the epicenter of the baseball world, and the baseball world was a big, big world then because pro football was not big then, and, of course, it wasn't on TV at all. There was no TV. People listened to the radio. And more than anything else, the comeback of Major League Baseball heralded the end of World War II. You know, people had to ration things, cars, butter, gasoline. Many people died in the war. It's estimated 60 million people died World War World War II, and you know the headlines read in 1946 and finally baseball again. And so New York was the center of all this. They had the Giants and the Dodgers and the Yankees, but Cleveland back then was no slouch. It was the fifth or sixth biggest city in the United States. It's fallen to about. 26 today, but it was a a major city in the Midwest 
And and in the 20s, it was the fastest growing city uh, west of uh, west of New York, and it kept that up through the 30s. And uh, so you have to look both at Cleveland back then uh, as well as Cleveland today, which is on the rebound. But you know, one of my favorite uh, websites about the Cleveland Indians is it's called BurningBaseball.com because in 1969. Cleveland, at its nadir, uh, had a fire, and it was the river that caught fire with all the oil slicks on it. So, That's amazing. And I remember the, that. I was a kid, but I do remember hearing about that, I think, during one of the Cleveland Indian games against um, my Washington Senators back then, and I just thought that was so crazy. Washington Senators, uh, first in the hearts of, the, uh, of their countrymen, last in the American League. That's right. That's the way it was. And listeners, you can call in at 424-675-8315, 424-675-8315. I'm talking with uh, Douglas Branson, author of the book Greatness in the Shadows, Larry Doby and the Integration of the American League. Now, continue on talking about, you know, the neglect of Larry Doby. Hello? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Yeah. All right. You know, continue to talk more about why you think Larry Doby has been neglected by not you know not only baseball historians but you know the historians and people in general. Well, Ed Doby was uh, he was a family man. He had five kids, possibly because his parents split up when he was about four years old. I think he concentrated on providing a good home to his family. And the first couple of off-seasons, he went back to Patterson, New Jersey, and he was the basketball coach for the freshman high school team, whereas Jackie Robinson made a movie, and he was going all over the country speaking, gathering honoraria. And uh, uh, Dobie kind of he could have maybe done some of the same, but he just had this solid grounding. Uh, and later in life, he moved to Montclair, New Jersey, and uh, as it would have it, he was uh, just up the block from Yogi Berra. And they were lifelong friends because, uh, you know, when Dobie first came to bat in the, in the major leagues, he'd get all of this uh, abusive commentary from catchers. So, his first game against the Yankees, he went up there expecting the same thing. And Barra caught the first pitch, and he said, Hey, hey, Doby, how are the kids? And Barra caught the second pitch. Where's a good restaurant in this town? Uh, blah, blah. Hey, have you driven on Highway 1 lately? It's really jammed. <laughs> and, yeah, and, uh, and also, this was a psych job, too, just to take uh, Doby's mind off of being at bat. Well, too, yeah, it could have been, could have been, could have well. But, you know, today there's a Yogi Berra Museum at Montclair State, New Jersey, and a whole wing of it is called the Larry Doby Wing. So they uh, they remain friends. That, that's really something because, um, you know, that Yogi Berra would do that. They would have that wing in honor of Larry Doby, but there's not too many other places where, you can see a similar wing about Larry Doby, and he was a um, – describe to my listeners, because I never saw – I've only seen just brief, and I mean brief clips of him in the 54 World Series. Describe to listeners the type of player that he was, and who would he be like today? 
Who do you think he's like, you know, would be like him today? Well, you know, the authors say that Willie Mays was the first five-tool African-American player. And the five tools are hit for power, hit for average, uh, good throwing arm, good fielder, and able to run the bases. But the, really the first one was Dobie. And he was uh, a four-star four all-star athlete in New Jersey uh, for all three years. He was the second person in New Jersey high school history ever to achieve that. He went to uh, Long Island University, which was a basketball power then, on a basketball scholarship, but after a year he had to go in to the Navy because everyone was going off to the war. Uh, but he had that basketball player's physique. You know, he was about 6'1", 175 pounds, and he was just a superb athlete. He could do everything. Um, and he was noted as the fastest runner in the major leagues. Um, I don't know who I would compare today. You know, I mean, I, I see these guys, Andy McCutcheon for the Pirates, and uh, I'm a Pirates fan, and some of the others. But the big difference today is they all lift weights, you know, and they didn't lift weights back then. So their physiques are, are more bulked up than they were. And, and I think that kind of prevents them from being the all-around player that Mays and uh, Dobie and Mantle were. Uh, well, it, it depends on the player, too, because, you know, you talk about McCutcheon. I mean, he's a 5-2 player. Yeah. He's, you know, yeah. McCutcheon is a is – a, uh, you know, he gets up there at the plate, and he really attacks that ball. And Dobie was, a, you know, a smooth – swinger like Aaron and uh, those guys you know some of the commentary I read talks about all the home run hitters were great big guys and that Mickey Mantle was small at 195 pounds well I looked them all up on baseballreference.com and they were all in that range of about 175 180 pounds they had really quick wrists they could generate bat speed and that produced the home runs. Muscles don't. And oh, yeah. So, so and, and, until, you, until you get to the steroid era, that's another story, though. Well, that's that's another story on a story. And then you have... And we've covered you know, it a lot on this show, so, yeah. But that's, a, that's something. Now, you know, I want you to tell my listeners, too, because everyone knows about the Jackie Robinson story, even those who have are, have no interest in baseball, who couldn't tell you who the Dodgers are from the Yankees. But they know the name Jackie Robinson. I want you to talk about the preparation. Everyone knows about the preparation Jackie went through before he came to the majors, where he played for the minor league Montreal Royals, that he was talked to a number of times by Branch Rickey. And he was, he was prepared for what was going on. But talk about Larry Doby's preparation for appearing in the, in the American League uh, only a, was a month after Jackie Robinson, if I'm not mistaken. Well, you know, uh, Horace Stoneham did the same thing with Willie Mays. He sent him to Minnesota. He played for the right. Minneapolis Millers. And so Ricky and, and Stoneham, you know, hand-selected those minor league teams because a early African-American baseball player would get the least amount of abusive commentary and income and a lot of support in those communities. Dobie was parachuted in. He he was tearing up the Negro League. He was batting 509. 
He had 12 home runs in early June. He'd hit for the cycle like four times. But Bill Vex sent a scout to see him. The next thing, Bill Vex sent Lena Horn's husband, who was a PR guy, and he picked up Doby and he he took him on the train to Chicago. And the first time Doby met Bill Vex was in the Congress Hotel. And then they took a hotel, they took a cab out to Comensby Park. And he went into the locker room. Half the player, not half, I would say, you know, four or five players would not even turn to greet him. Another four or five would not shake his hand. Uh, he put on his road uniform and he went up and he was, nobody would play catch with him. But finally, Joe Gordon, who's in the Hall of Fame too, said, what are you doing? Waiting for people to admire that major league uniform? Let's play catch. And so then that was his indoctrination into the league. You know, he was parachuted in and he had a difficult first four or five months where, you know, Robinson and later Willie Mays, they were brought along slowly and they had hand-picked escorts for uh, to, to, for the entire and, year. They were, and to be really fair, I mean, Jackie Robinson had a difficult time, as everyone knows, in the majors, but we just forget that in the American League, Doby was going through the same thing. He was doing. He was getting the same heckling, the same insults, everything. Well, I think he got it a little bit worse. I mean, because Jackie Robinson, uh, Branch Rickey saw what might lie ahead, so he bought the old Navy base in Vero Beach, Florida, and the Dodgers became the only team to own their spring training facility. And the reason Rickey did that is he knew he was going to have Robinson and possibly other black players, and he wanted to forestall any discrimination might occur when you know in those days all the minor league uh, all the major league teams trained in Florida so Vac tried something of the same thing by moving to Tucson Arizona and Horace Stoneham moved to Phoenix Arizona but Vac chose the wrong hotel the Santa Rita Hotel wouldn't allow uh, as they said back then colored players so Doby was discriminated against 10 out of 13 of the spring trainings he attended. He lived with a family of the person who did the hotel's laundry, and he had to find his own way to the ballpark. And then when they would come north, the Indians would play in Texas and Louisiana. And if Texas, for example, had a law in the books that no black and no white could play in the same athletic contest. So Dobie would be denied admission to ballparks. He'd always have to find his own way to the park. One day he decided to try and show up in his uniform. They still wouldn't let him in. And then one day in Houston, he hit two home runs, two doubles, a triple, and he made several spectacular catches. And according to Bill Veck, from that day on, he was Houston's favorite son. But uh, and yet We're not talking about in the early part of the 20th century. For listeners who aren't familiar with all of this, I mean, this is the late 40s, 50s, and... In many cases, still in the early 60s, this stuff is still going on. And it's, well, just, it's just amazing. Yeah, I, you know, it's often said that Jackie Robinson integrated baseball. Well, neither he nor Doby integrated baseball. They broke the color barrier. But we can't say anything like integration occurred until the at least the early 60s because um, – 
that's when uh, the number of African Americans playing Major League Baseball about equaled their their general proportion in the society at large, about 13, 14 percent. But until then, uh, you know, the Boston Red Sox were terrible, and that. Uh, Tom Yockey of the Red Sox said, I have nothing against, uh, and he used the N-word. He said, I employ 200 of them on my plantation in South Carolina. Oh, yeah. I mean, yep. We've talked about Yockey on this show before and the Red Sox and what they didn't do. And, I, you know, I want you to talk about, in particular, on Dolby's team, twice, as a matter of fact, Al Lopez and also Hank Greenberg, and I had written, you know, I knew about this before, but tell my listeners about their role, the manager, Hank Greenberg, I mean, the manager, uh, Al Lopez, and the general manager, Hank Greenberg, as far as what they did twice to Larry Doby. Well, three times. Larry, uh, Al, three Lopez, times right. Al Lopez traded Larry Doby. He also traded Minnie Minoso, who uh, was Cuban, the Cuban Comet, but he was of African descent. And he traded him every time. Uh, and Lopez's best friend was Casey Stengel, who was an open and avowed and raw racist. And uh, Doby uh, and Minoso always felt that Lopez was a racist, too. Greenberg was a great player, and he was a victim of discrimination himself because he was one of the few uh, major stars who was Jewish, and he wouldn't play on the high holy days and uh, he had movie star good looks, but he was a miserable manager because he just uh, lowballed and lowballed uh, his players. And like Al Rosen came in, he'd hit 47 home runs and hit like 330 uh, in his fourth year in the majors. And Greenberg pulled out a little green book and he said, "Well, your statistics and your fourth year weren't as good as mine. And my fourth year, you should take a cut and pay." And he tried to make it stick. And eventually, Rosen left baseball early because with the reserve clause, he was stuck. He had to stay with the Indians in Greenberg. Dobie uh, hit like 326 and had 32 home runs, and, 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 and Greenberg wanted him to take a cut and pay. He at first refused, and Greenberg said, well, don't even come to spring training. You're through. And Doby put his tail between his legs and and took the pay cut. I mean, those guys, uh, they didn't make very much. I mean, Doby's best years were about twenty seven, twenty nine thousand a year. Well, it's something, but you know, you know, it's really I shouldn't say surprising, but Al Lopez, who denied all the time that he was a racist on the one hand, everything he did, not only with Doby but other folks, led folks to realize that he was his actions, and he was. Latino. He was he was he was actually Spanish. Spanish. And then his family settled in Cuba for just a short while, and then came to the U.S. So, but Lopez uh, Stengel used to always call him my Mexican, and they would joke about that, you know. Uh, so there was uh, there's quite a bit of racism, you know, in that relationship. Yeah, it certainly was. Now. You know, it's something about Larry Doby. He becomes the second African-American to appear in the major leagues in 1947. Then he becomes the second African-American manager in the major leagues. And talk about how that, in particular, talk about how he was with Cleveland in the 70s, along with Frank Robinson, 
where he thought that he actually was going to become the first African-American manager. Well, he was a hitting instructor for the Montreal Expos for five or six years. First couple of years were really tough. You know, he lived out of a suitcase. He was the traveling hitting instructor. But many of the great Expos of that era uh, loved him because uh, he, he raised their batting averages 30, 35 points. Uh, Andre Dawson and Ken Singleton, who later was a great Baltimore Oriole, uh, they both loved Larry Doby. And Doby was kind of a hands-off coach, but if you came to him, he really added value. And the players all liked him. And so then he was hired as a coach at Cleveland. And, of course, the handwriting was on the wall. The current manager, Ken Aspromonte, wasn't doing well, and Doby thought he was being groomed, and everybody else thought he was being groomed to be the next manager, and then they bought in Frank Robinson and made him the manager. And Frank Robinson, I'm characteristic of him because he's a real gentleman, but he made some very nasty comments about Doby was trying to divide the team, and he was trying to get the black players to support him against uh Doby made some very nice comments, uh, and then he left. He went to Chicago. Bill Veck had bought uh, bought the White Sox for the second time and said, I want you, Doby and Veck were like father and son, and he said, I want you to coach for me. Doby was there a few months. Bob Lemon was the manager. Bob Lemon was fired, and, and Veck put Doby in as manager, and and Dobie had good, not spectacular results. He raised the White Sox to a little bit over 500. But then Vec was his health was failing. He was the last owner of a major league team to not have personal wealth. That amazes me. This is back in 56, 55, and uh, nobody since then has no, not actually, been. That, yeah, because actually it was um, 76, 77. Yeah. So Vec yeah. had to do something. His cash flow was hurting, and he he fired Doby. He was very sad about it, and he bought in Don Kessinger, who's immensely popular, had been the shortstop for the Cubs for about 10 or 11 years. And uh, Doby, I think, went back with the Expos, coached for several more years, and then got out of coaching, did a long stint as the goodwill ambassador of the New Jersey Nets, and then in the late 90s, when Bowie Kuhn was the commissioner of baseball, he had Monty Irvin and Larry Doby as special assistants uh, on racial and diversity matters. Um, and I think that was his, you know, then his wife died, I think, in 99. And uh, and he kind of retired uh, permanently from the business world. He also spent a year in Japan. He and Don Newcomb were among the first players to go to Japan, and they played in Nagoya for the Dragons. And uh, uh, Don Newcomb thing played. That, uh, Don Newcomb actually played outfield rather than pitch. Well, Don Newcomb and uh, Larry Doby and Monty Irvin were all New York Newark Eagles together in '46. So they were, and 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 Newcomb and Doby remained good friends all their lives. Um, so. Yeah, we're going to, you know, get ready to conclude the interview. And you can call in at 424-675-8315. I'm talking to Douglas Branson, author of the book, 
Greatness in the Shadows, Larry Doby and the Integration of the American League is on the University of Nebraska Press. Now, I, you know, I, there's one thing I have to I have to get you. I, I know someone has called you on this one. I have to say this. On page 75, you probably know about to say, but you mentioned Cap Anson. That's wrong. That's been corrected. Right. Thank, uh, thank goodness, because I have the uh, I don't have the final uh, proof of the book, so I'm glad that's corrected because that was. Uh, you know, he was actually it. kind of a racist. I must oh, yeah, we've talked about Cap over the years on this show numerous times, so yeah. Yeah. The guy who I met is, uh, what's his name? Uh, Soul White from Beller, Ohio. There are about 26 players, African-American players, that we can identify that played professional baseball right. in that era. And and Cap Soul, who's in the Hall of Fame today, played for the Wheeling Green Sox. Right. And uh, it actually, wrote, uh, Soul White also wrote a book, on, the first book on the history of the Negro Leagues. Oh, at the time it was just the Colored Players in Baseball, which is a fascinating book. Yeah, I have to. I have a. I have about four shelves of baseball books at home, you know. And actually one of my aces in the hole in writing this book was our interlibrary loan librarian was an ex-college, small college, baseball pitcher. So I'd say, you know, get me these three books about Al Lopez, and they'd be in my box the next day, you know. And But he left. He went in the Peace Corps. So now... Now I've got to deal with a librarian who's not so uh, enthused about baseball books. So. Yeah, I, now, Douglas, I want you, we're going to conclude now, but I just want you to, there's, there are folks that are listening right now who are listening live, will be listening later on on iTunes or KUHS radio. Convince them in two sentences or less why they should learn about Larry Doby. Now say that again, why, what? Why, you know, someone who doesn't know anything about baseball, anything about Dolby, why should they be interested? To convince them that they should become interested in him. Well, there's a lot in the book about, you know, the history of racial relations and uh, Plessy versus Ferguson, separate but uh, equal for decision in 1896, and the whites-only primary laws which shut black people out of politics in this country for. 60 or 70 years, all of those formed part of the barrier that was erected against African-Americans playing in the major leagues from 1880 until uh, Robinson became the first and Doe became the second in 1947. So, you know, that's 60 years. Uh, so there's a lot in about that. There's a lot in about Cleveland and the rest of the country versus New York. Uh, so I kind of I don't go as real deep, but I go deeper into those subjects. It's yeah, just it, mm-hmm. it's just an important part of American history that has been forgotten a little bit, and, and there's some other parts. Yes, a lot of you know a lot of forgotten. But this book will help you know just stir the memory of someone that a lot of people have forgotten in Larry Doby. And I'm interested too, and I know you are to see what the Ken Burns uh, documentary on Jackie Robinson will say about Larry Doby. Because we didn't get into that in this, because I didn't want to say everything that's in the book, but you have a a nice section about 
Jackie Robinson's relationship with Larry Doby, and I'm interested to see if that will be in this documentary. Yeah, and it's it's different than people thought. Um, right. They they talked about their loneliness and how much they missed their wives and their um and the good restaurants, the places where blacks could go and be served. They talked a little bit about baseball. They both did not like Satchel Paige. They thought he was bad for the future of baseball, that he was a clown and a buffoon, and that people would say, I told you so, and that he was antithetical to what Robinson and Dobie were trying to accomplish. They both acutely felt their place in history, and they wanted to be recognized as an intelligent, articulate people who happen to be really good baseball players. And um, so so that's a very interesting part. I went and to the... Also, I have to defend uh, Satchel Page because I've read a lot on Page and interviewed Larry Dye many years ago who authored, I think, the definitive book biography on Page. And he, in his own way, he was he was doing a lot of background in the civil rights movement, I got to defend Page on that because he was doing it, it, but it was in his own way, and he was well, opening doors in his own. You know, it wasn't the way Jackie Robinson, some other folks were doing Larry Doby, but it was a different style. I guess you know I'm a former high school jock myself, and if I had a teammate who did the things that Page did, I would uh, I would have thrown stuff at him in the locker room. Uh, you know, most of the guys I played with wouldn't have put up with that. But, you know, I can see uh, partway to another view. But I think, you know, during the war, I had an uncle born the same year as Satchel Page. He went off into the Marine Corps and served for four years in the Pacific. Satchel Page was the highest person, uh, highest paid person in baseball during the war years. He did all these exhibitions for, and he'd only pitch one or two innings. And um, so I have a mixed, very mixed, very different view on that, and I'm sure that people will uh, disagree with me. I'm sure. Yeah, that that's what they have to get the book to read more about that view. But I just want to thank you, Douglas, for coming on today. If anyone wants to reach you, give them the email or phone number, whatever you want, or website to learn well, more I, about I, the book. I, I, I just have uh, email Branson at pit p i t t dot edu. I'd say the book is available on Amazon, um, as well as from the University of Nebraska Press. They have a website. Um, and uh, I don't know. I get good reports that people like it. They think it's a very good book. So, well, it's important because, it's a, you know, you're talking about a forgotten figure in, like I said, not only baseball history, but history in general. And this book helps to bring him back. And I hope that somebody, maybe Ken Burns or someone, will do a documentary on Larry Doby one day. One more thing I was going to say is I had a case this past year in Kansas City. So I spent a long afternoon at the Negro League Baseball Hall of Fame. And I would recommend that to anybody. It's like going to church. Right. I second that also. And they do have a small exhibit on Larry Doby, but the main exhibit... Uh, is Jackie Robinson. Uh, right. So. Yeah, that's how it is. But thank you so much, Douglas, for being on today. Look forward to meeting you one day. You take care. Thank you again for writing the book. Uh, you're in You're in D.C. or? 
Yes, I am. I'm in the D.C. area. Yeah. Okay. Well, I get down there often. Maybe I will buy you lunch sometime. All right. We'll do that. We'll get together and get this book autographed. But you take care, Douglas. All right. Thanks, Greg. All right. Bye. And again, that was Douglas Branson, author of the book Greatness in the Shadows, Larry Doby in the Integration of the American League. And pick it up because it just talks, you know, you know, if you've been following my show, the Root and Root show for the past, God, we're going on t- three years now, but even prior to that, the shows I've done on radio in Denver and also other Internet shows, you'll know that I try to look for, in particular, the forgotten figures in history be it sports history, just history in general, just folks that are forgotten, especially African-Americans, people of color who are just forgotten, who did so much. So I'm just happy that Douglas wrote this book. It's on the University of Nebraska Press. Yeah, pick it up if you can. You know, it's worth the while just to learn about somebody that you probably don't know about, Larry Doby, just an amazing, you know, amazing um Courageous person, what he went through, just like Jackie Robinson, and just a great ball player, too. It's amazing. But we're going to switch gears right now. And, you know, I started to, to show off with a, a tribe called Quest, and I played Jazz We Got. And I did that, you know, I'm doing for the next probably 20 minutes or so, we're going to do a little tribute to Fife Dog, who passed earlier last week of, di- you know, complications of diabetes. And, again, as I was saying, he was only 45 years old, and a lot, you know, it's like I said, I'm just there's a pattern of these hip hop artists dying, the males in particular, dying very young, and not taking care of themselves. It's, it's, you know, and I just hope folks will really you follow hip hop, but just yourself, just try to change your lifestyle if you're having problem complications. Because someone, you shouldn't be, you know, 45 years old. He was a diabetic. You know, before that, in his 20s. I mean, this shouldn't be like that. So really look into your health. Look at, you know, just get yourself together. You know, just don't think that, well, you don't have to do anything. Get up and move. Get up and do, you know, just do something. Dance. Walk up and down the steps. Just do something. You know, you really do and eat right. Drink more water. And just, you know, take care of yourself because your body, you know, you can take care of your car. I always say, Folks are all interested in taking care of their car and the heartbeat. When it comes to taking care of your body, people are just kind of like, oh, I'm going to do it someday. I'll go work out someday. I'll drink this someday. I'll, I'll cut out the pork someday. So yeah, get out of that. You know, really just change the lifestyle. But I'm going to play right now a couple of songs by a tribe called Quest, starting with Benito Applebaum. So we're going to hear that on the Root and Root Show. And by the way, some of these songs may not be for those who don't want to hear a little cursing. So if you don't, you can tune it out. But here's a tribe called Quest, which I think is one of the best, one of the best hip-hop group, hip-hop is easy for me to say, hip-hop groups ever. So let's hear them. But Nita Applebaum on the Root and Root Show. Do I love you? Do I love you? Am I a sinner because I do the two? Can you let me know right now, please? Benita Applebaum.
authority. Crazy prophylactics.
Lincoln, right on the two-inch tape. The abstract poet incognito runs the cape, not the best, not the worst. And occasionally I go to get my point across, so bust the floor as I go in between. The grit and the dirt, listen to the mission, listen, missions I do work um, as a crack, the monotone, chilling of the jazz, so get your own. Smoking on repeat, cause they try to dupe me of the best of the back, but they can't do that for an abstract. Original, you can't get your own, and that's pitiful. I know I'd be the man if I cold yanked the plug on R&B, but I can't, and that's wrong. Popcorn 
on the tour bus, we're hitting the truck stop. A dollar for some chips, a quarter for some pop. We're laughing, giggle some, five gets the honey bun. Ali Shahi Muhammad keeps talking that shop. The brothers cruise on as we quest for the check. Calling up famous to see if this day yet. Not a bourgeois, hate the seminar. Ignorant flip, hey miss, you must jet. Flex for the funkiest, but start to bounce. Measure hip hop for weight by the ounce. Bush on the tush, you're pulling while I push. Play me for the punk, then puss, fill a pound. It's like that, y'all. Freak, freak, y'all. Like that, y'all. Come, yo, yo, I won't riff. I just sit down and get me a sliff. With miles, I was born a child of a corn. Molecules of the land, they uplift. Levels is straight, in fact, they're rectified. Adrenaline now is crazy, multiplied. Four and four is eight. In fact, you make the plate. I make sure the tribe is in. With the quickness, you bear the witness. Flexing and pumping with the fitness. Moving it, uh, doing it, uh. Those who oppose must hit the S list. Doing it, doing it with the whole frame. Look what's in the mind and not in the brain. On this you can quote, we on a diffy note. Quest for the future, stead of the fame. 191 brothers grabbing a thingies. Forgot the name, oh, equivalent to Jimmy. Tell a little bit, you think I have to quit. Ali Shahi Muhammad with the singy singy. Slamming with a slammy, your front on a case. Right or left, not Ali, plays the eight. Do what you do, slam for a fool. But need an apple bum blow smoke in Shah's face. Slang for the king, you must if you have. Dribble hops, I giggle, your proper term is laugh. Brothers who are snakes, I label them as fakes. Instincts to travel up the hood path. It's Come like on. that As you all know, you just can't believe everything you see in here, can you? Now, if you will excuse me, I must be on my way.
brother, brother, Lucy and you're like no other. Listen very close, cause I don't like to boast. Instead, I tell the tale of the French who prevailed. Through the Mr. Crazy Rabbits who were always on his tail. Rent ain't on sale, your roomies start to wail. Get caught with stolen goods, then you will go to jail. If you go to jail, then who will pay the bail? To put you back to France on a ship with a sail. Escargo, Lucy and you eat snails. Hey, yo, Tim, what's wrong with snails? From the Zulu nation, from a town called Paris. Yeah. Came to America to find liberty. Uh-huh. Instead of finding pleasure, all your family's misery. Mm-hmm. But listen, Lucy, and you have a friend in me. Wow. Oh, luck, luck will drive your butt batty. Yeah. Next time you fix some wheels, make it a caddy. In terms of doing good, I know you wish you really could. But listen, brother man, I really think you can. Succeed with the breed of the brothers who you're back. Yeah. It's the creme de la creme. And you can vouch for that, it'll take a minute, right? So take my advice. Trust in us, thus you trust in your life. Lucy and Lucy and Lucy and Lucy and you. Are you ready, Lou? This one is for you. Coming from a true blue, fits like a shoe. Come on, stop the stand or come on, tell it, boo. Lucy in, I'll leave it up to you. That last gonna backlash fast. Can you get a grip on the crackhead dip? So you a paper bag. Guess he saw you coming. VC y'all from my neck, boom bumming. Ten dollars, brother, he was humming and strumming. Only had twenty, you was living like you're slumming. Gave him the money, well I thought that was something. Looking like a kid who was lost in crumming. Don't worry about a thing, I won't get specific. This is a song that is long and prolific. Think of the stuff that I said if you can. Figure it out, compute, understand. No problemo, I'll help you with your demo. If you go to the store for me. Lucian, I'm just kidding. You should know. Get a grip on the missions you be taking Not so much the mission, but you got crazy ignition Sure the sugar babies wanna give you a chance With the French semi-fair and the sexy glance But is she really fly, or is she a guy? I won't ask why, cause I know that you try You try too hard, is that the answer to the riddle? Instead of doing so much, why don't you do just a little? Boy, what a cat, I guess we shouldn't treat him bad In fact, it would be nice if we understood him right A case of position and defeat in the shoes Sympathetic reason in the case of the blues Lucy in his blue, even though he's really brown I had to make the sound, his life is too profound On the up and up, he's something like a little pup Young and naive, it's hard to believe As long as you're strong, you can quest with the questers Jolly like a jumping bean or a jester Lucy and Lucy and Lucy and Lucy and you should know.
bottom line. I'm a black intellect, but I'm refined. We precision like the bullet, target bound. Just living like the hookup, the harlot sound. Now, when I say the harlot, you know I need the hot. He of the evader, the brothers in the pot. Jalik, Jalik, you wind up your hip. Captain of the poets, I'm the number seven pick. Lick, 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 boy, from your backside. Lick, 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 boy, from your backside. Listen to the beta shot. He lets it glide. Stick the earthly body. Heaven's on my side. Even in Santa Domingo. And I got a gringo. We got Mike. When do we go? Know a little nigga who can rhyme when you ask me. Short, dark, and plus his voice is ass like. One for the trouble, two for the base. You know the style tip. It's time to flip this. I like my beats hard like two-day-o shit. Steady eating booty MCs like cheesecake My man, I'll be sure he's in effect mode Used to have a crush on doing for men vote It's not like honey dick would want to get with me But just in case I own my condoms and TMZ Now the formula is this me tipping Ali For those who can't count, it goes one, two, three The every big up is who I be Brothers find it's hard to do, but never me Some others try to dip for Malik You see him pushing me, not care about them DBMC But shit is hitting, Trini Gladiator Hesitator, Shahid push the beta from here to Grenada. Mr. Energetic, who me sound pathetic. When's the last time you heard a funky diabetic?
happen if I make it happen. That means I'm making motion and I'm doing my thing, causing an ill commotion. Everybody do the hop, make it smooth like motion. I lay up in the peace on the incognition. You gotta do the hop. You move to the beach, you don't stop. Now everybody here, you do the hop. You're going up the cop, a tampo, a rig, don't stop. You got to come back and do the hop. Yo, fuck the cop. You got to come back and do the hop. Your body won't stop, you got to do the hop Non-stop motion, non-stop You got to come back and do the You see you, your career is done like Johnny Carson Get me vexed, I do like left, I'm starting Austin Now that I got that out my system Watch me stab up the track as if my name was O.J. Simpson I pack some in like Van Halen I work for mine, you can freeloading like Kato Kalen I'm representing with my crew Mess around, bop my rounds, I beat that ass with my shoe Come on, you know I'm crazy, night. I just can't deal with the shorty named Fife. You must be mad in the hay. I bust his ass and leave him blood clot for dead. Niggas sound like Dos Effect. If it ain't Dos Effect, then they soundin' like meth. You might as well do Megadeth. Your punk MCs better save your freaking breath. Use a corny motherfucker. You must be high smoking dust with Chris Tucker. Your asses don't want this. I boot more beats than the beats at the premiere of Pocahontas. Word is corner and the baddest. And all you honeys out there, word is one, you know my status. So come and throw your panties down. This ain't the Barn and Bailey show, I don't get down with the clowns. So why don't you and your friends get with me and my friends? But don't bring your ass by and you ain't got no end. Word is one, it don't stop. Stop, seize your mind, come along and do the hop. Then I hopped inside the jetty 
me, let me take a shower, I'm sweaty, and then I'll be ready. Tonight is the night I get my groove on steady, and get my drink on with that board named Betty. I went upstairs to get fly, smoke my tie, drunk some liquor, to meet my hot quicker. Now I'm tight demo, the party is the MO. Me and my crew, we get it started like a demo. 11 in the evening, I'm feeling like a heathen. This thing is going down, and I highly doubt I'm leaving booty cheeks, heart emotion, and the kids was drinking potion. Word is born, that black moon joint got me open. Yo, the DJ put the script to wound that good shit that made the kid lose his grip. Blending around the shit and stopping. Got these shorty topping. Number copping. Ain't no stopping me now. You won't bound to win. Till that thing kicked in. The Alize had me stuck. I don't know where to begin. Again. I like hip-hop, too. 
as you know if you've listened to me over the years. So hope you enjoyed that set on the Root and Root Show. And again, I apologize to those folks who may be offended by some of the language on the shows. But what you know, some of the language you hear in some of these um, political campaigns, you know, without the cursing law, is worse than anything you'll hear with someone cursing. You know, we're talking about language that's going to kick certain people out of this country, but that's another song. I'm not going to get into that. We'll have a show devoted to what's going on in the current presidential campaigns uh, in the future on the Root and Root Show. But we're going to now we're going to shift some gears again, shift some gears again, and another this a great a jazz great pass this week. And I'm talking about the legendary saxophone player who oh every time you heard him it was like. I mean, you can feel his heart in it. Not to say the other saxophone players don't have their heart in this, their music, but, you know, when Gato Barberi played, it's like, man, I mean, he's playing hard. And I'm just, so, you know, I just am going to do a tribute now to the great Gato Barberi who passed. And I'm going to start off with, um, I think we'll do, because we ended as lovers. So let's hear that on the Root and Root Show with the great saxophone player, Gato Barberi. Thank you. 
what you got there are just two legends together. That's uh, Carlos Santana along with uh, Gato Barbieri, and that was Latin Lady. They went out to Cha Cha, by the way. I know Cha Cha's listening Cha on KUH, KUHS um, Denver Radio and Television. Before that, we did, uh, as we continue our tribute with uh, Gato Barbieri, Mystica. Then we did Straight from Into the Sunshine, the Marvin Gaye classic, I Want You, and then ended, because we ended as, I wish I could read my own writing, but because <laughs> we ended as lovers. And that was my tribute to the legendary Gato Barbieri, a great saxophone player who passed earlier in the week. Just a marvelous, just a marvelous player. Just always his intensity and the heart and the the soul you can just feel in this playing is just amazing, incredible career. And I didn't even get into some of the music he did soundtracks like Last Tango in, in uh, Paris. I mean, he did that soundtrack. Just so much that he just did. Just an amazing, amazing performer. But I just hope you enjoyed that segment of the Root and Root Show. And, and if you want, you know, I'm getting a lot of, since I've been away, you know, I've gotten a lot of followers on Twitter. It's really something. So if you want to, you know, you want to join me, one of the followers, you can, um, Join in at hashtag Unifix, U-N-I, F as in Frank, I-C, S as in saying, hashtag Unifix. And then you can also go on um, Facebook and look for Greg, G-R-E-G, last name Rashid, R-A-S-H-E-E-D, and join the family there. And also, not don't look for me on the public figure Facebook site, but look for me as just regular Greg Rashid. And you'll find me there. You can join in as other people have joined in. Also, you can look, um, want to uh, talk to me. Because a lot of the shows I do are basically by listeners making suggestions to me, even the music sometimes. Listeners make suggestions. And a lot of people, love, you know, a lot of people just love um, when I had Mama Cat on here a couple of weeks ago. I'll have her back at some point playing some blues and all. But, you know, you can also, in fact, I'm going to throw out my email because I haven't done that, but a lot of people like the email. They don't want to get on Facebook. They don't want to get on Twitter. But my email is unifix, U-N-I, F as in Frank, I-C, S as in Sam, at hotmail.com, unifix at hotmail.com. And you can also go to the blogtalkradio.com site, look for the Root & Root Show, and leave your comments there, your suggestions, anything you want. You can listen. If you missed the show live, a lot of people listen on iTunes. And I find out that a lot of these shows are just on YouTube, just everywhere. The guests are just taking the shows and put them everywhere. And I just love that. So i just thank, just thankful for that and just thankful for all you out there that listen and new listeners. Because we're going to be doing a lot as we continue to do on the Root & Root Show. But because I was doing all that, some foul language with uh, a tribe called Quest, I, just, I do a little gospel now. And I'm going to play Bobby McFerrin along with uh, Esmeralda Spaulding. This is a glory. So let's hear this gospel classic on the Root and Root Show. And we. Glory, 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, since I'm late. 
I just love playing that. I've played that a number of times. Reverend W. Leo Daniels. And that was I Know I've Been Changed. And I just love that song. And like I said before, that that song is a, he went through some really, some issues. And he came back and he sang that song, I've Been Changed. And, you know, we all go through life circumstances. And, you know, know, we all know how it feels. I just know how it feels going through changes and all. But it makes you better. It should make you better. You know, you just go through things and nothing happens. Well, you got to. Work on it some more, but I'm just glad to play that as well as play the previous song, uh, Glory, with uh, Bobby McFerrin and Esmeralda Spaulding on the Root and Root Show. And we're going to get out of here now. But I just want to say hi again to my friends out there in Colorado listening on a delayed basis on KUHS Radio in Denver, Colorado. And I'm just hopeful to get out there and do a live show sometime and you know, it might be sooner than you think, but I hope to do that because I saw everyone taking a group shot, and I wasn't in it, so I want to get in the group shot. But, again, I hope you enjoyed the show. I want to thank uh, Douglas Branson for coming on this evening, talking about the great Larry Doby with his book, Greatness in the Shadows, Larry Doby and the Integration of the American League. And also I just want to thank folks who enjoyed the uh, Fife, you know, Fife Dog of Tribe Called Quest tribute as well as a tribute to the great saxophonist Gato Barbieri. So we'll be doing this next time on the Root and Root Show. And so this is Greg Rashid again. And just, you know, hug someone, help someone along the way. If you can, donate something to your local shelter somewhere, food bank, anything. But donate to that neighbor next door in your apartment building, in your, you know, in your area that, you know, you'd be surprised how much people really need help you who never say anything, but you can kind of tell. You can kind of tell they need something. So, Always ask someone, especially your relatives, ask them how they're doing, you know, what's going on, because you never know. You never know. It's just good to um, have someone out there that you can always connect to. You know, the more folks you can connect to, to the better. But I'm glad to make the connection here always on the Root and Root Show. And this is Greg Rasheed, the host of the Root and Root Show. We'll be seeing you next time. Go in love and go in peace and have a smile on your face and take care.